Hello everybody and welcome to the first ever episode of El Vinila, the podcast that takes a look at the greatest album of all time and the history around it. Uh, my name is Matt and this is Adam. Hi Adam. Hi there. How are you doing today? I'm, I'm good, I'm good. It's a bit early, but um, yeah, I'm ready to see guys. It's a bit early. Breaking the fourth wall, this is our second record. <laughs> we, we had a... Uh, we recorded last night and it, it didn't end up uh, making it as there was a hoover in the background. So I feel you should have left it in. It could have been an ambient white noise. Yeah. It could be that type of podcast. Yeah, My, my wife, who was the culprit, said to me, uh, I, are you sure it's that bad? And I was showing her this one. She's like, oh, I kind of like it. I'm like, well, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it. But there you go. But there you go. So uh, are you excited for our first episode, Adam? very excited excited to uh, to get into it amazing so me and adam we just love talking music we love the history behind it and we thought like why not open that up and see if there's anybody else who would like to talk about it with us and so this is more like a listening club really where we just w- want to listen to new albums listen to new music listen to great music and we want to find people around us to listen to to music with us which would be great so this week's album is Odyssey and Oracle by The Zombies and it's from 1968. We're going to be following like the the top 100 Rolling Stones uh, albums list. Have you ever listened to this uh, album before, Adam? Not before this, no. I don't think I'd ever heard of The Zombies, really. They might have been mentioned in, in passing, but I'd never really sat down and taken the time to listen to any of their stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I think like... When I think people mentioned the zombies to me, I thought they were like a hardcore death metal. Like mm. I thought that's a cool name, the zombies. But I feel like for the sixties, that that is a it's a quite a cool edgy album name. Uh, yeah, well, when you've got the crickets and the Beatles, and you know, it, it is quite edgy compared to them, isn't it's it? It's a cool name, isn't it? Yeah. I said album name, but I meant band name. But the album is called Odyssey and Oracle. Uh, and so why don't we, we're going to get into the album itself, but before that, why don't we look at the context and the history of when this album came out and what was going on around in 1968. So Adam, did you, what did you find when you were looking at the history and context? Uh, so obviously 60s is a big, big year for a lot of change. Uh, the hippie movement still going strong. So 68 is just after the year of the Summer of Love that happened in San Francisco. Uh, which was 67, obviously, and it's the year before Woodstock. So Woodstock hasn't happened yet, which obviously was this big musical, cultural moment, Um, but that's still to come. Uh, But yeah, the peace movement is still massive, uh, and people are still against the ongoing war in Vietnam, uh, both in the UK and the US. Um, And the civil rights movement in America, as I said, is is also growing um, and and continuing on. Uh, The kind of events that happened outside of music in 68, and um, there's some some quite big ones. So April 4th, Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated. Uh, and that prompted the signing of the Civil Rights Act. As I said, there were protests against the Vietnam War in both the US and the UK. Um, so the Vietnam War had been going on for some years there. And people were still very, very unhappy about it. Uh, on a more lighter note, the first Big Mac went on sale. Come on which I think is probably the most important thing that's ever happened in human history. <laughs> the first, imagine the first ever Big Mac, like mm. imagine that person that tasted it, mm. the first one. I, yeah, I believe the story behind it was there was one franchise that just decided to do something a bit different 
and and then it just took off across the country wow. and then obviously we introduced i think it didn't come to the uk until the 80s i'm not entirely really? sure but yeah. And then also, um, there was the first successful heart transplant. Nice. Um, less important, obviously. Less important. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then uh, there was quite a few famous people born. Will Smith was born. Do you know what? I had um, that in my notes. Will yeah. Smith and Celine Dion were born in this the year. The two most important. I think our dad was born that year, but... Oh, yeah, of course he was. I, I think of it, yeah. course he was. But, but Will Smith. <laughs> yeah, Dion. yeah. Um, Will in Smith, music. Celine Dion, and Dave Courtney. Well, yeah. Dave Courtney. Uh, <laughs> in music, uh, music events that happened in '68. Again, some big ones. The Flying V guitar was painted by Gibson. Um, so nice. they decided to to try some new things there. Uh, Johnny Cash performed his famous concert from Folsom State Prison in California. Uh, the Beatles flew to India um, to to expand their minds. I think they went with a few other famous people. I think Donovan was one of them. Uh, and a few other people. Led Zeppelin performed for the first time under the name The New Yardbirds. Mm, nice. Um, I think The Yardbirds is, had split up the year before. Um, and yeah, they, they were The New Yardbirds and then that quickly changed to Led Zeppelin. Um, and then possibly one of the biggest events that happened in 68, Elvis had his TV special, which was later to become the, known as the 68 Comeback Special. Um, this marked Elvis's return to live performance after seven years of mainly just doing movies and having albums tied in with his movies. Um, and he's there with all his leather. It was quite a famous, uh, famous set, which was aired on television. And uh, yeah, that marked a, a huge return for, for the king. So a big time in history, really. But, but a time where actually it's not as... You know, the, the summer of love has gone, like all of that kind of... I mean, we're still kind of in it, aren't we? But things are definitely, I don't know, not as upbeat. It's, it's starting to move away from, from just purely hippies, I think. Yeah, there's a... Obviously, there's still a big thing to happen with, with Woodstock, but as you say, the summer of love has, has done. Yeah. People are kind of now moving on, as it were, a little bit. And there's a lot of cultural unrest as well, which you're starting mm-hmm. to see more prominently. Uh, as they go on and, and the zombies themselves they had had a lot of uh, success in the 1960s as one of the famous british invasion bands uh, but by 1967 you know nothing was going right for them like they were really struggling to come up with new material and uh, they were quite frustrated with the lack of success uh, the zombies changed their uh, record company so they uh, signed with cbs records uh, and they recorded this new album with them, Odyssey and Oracle. And they, they recorded in Abbey Road, which is pretty exciting. Uh, and what's funny, something just funny about the album is Odyssey is actually spelt wrong on the artwork, which is quite funny. Uh, but Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> it's just a little thing. Uh, but the band, uh, it didn't stretch to having any session musicians, but they were in... Uh, Abbey Road, as it was said, and they went into Ab- Abbey Road just after the Beatles had been in doing uh, Sergeant Peppers, Ooh. which is crazy. It's it's big one to follow, isn't it's it? It's a big one to follow, yeah. And so a lot of the people that worked on Sergeant Peppers also worked on this uh, album. And so according to the band, they used John Lennon's Mellotron, which he just left behind. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I remember leaving my Mellotron behind it i'm i'm constantly leaving them behind <laughs> always leaving it behind always always <laughs> but the, and so they 
the band say that they weren't influenced by the Beatles, or they loved the Beatles, but it wasn't. They weren't trying to rip off a Sgt. Pepper's album, but you can definitely hear Sgt. Pepper's uh, feel on the album, can't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all over it. Um, whether that's just because that was the sound of the time, but they were definitely, uh, yeah, they can say they weren't influenced by them, but there was definitely some some influencing going on. And this was actually a change of sound for the zombies. Um, and even on their first track, like we'll just slowly go through some of the album uh, now. We won't go track by track, but we'll just hit some... Um, just some bits that were highlights. Uh, I think that's what we'll do. But I, I think as soon as Care of Cell 44 hits, it's funny that you hear this kind of vocal come in the, the right ear. Um, and normally your vocals are panned to the center and they're one of the only things that are in the center. So the bass is usually center uh, and your kick and some of your drums are normally center. But your vocal is like the main thing. And so to start an album... Just totally going right here only. I think it's quite badass. I, like it kind of mm. put me off, a, not put me off, but it made me take notes. Yeah, it's put you on the back foot a little bit. Yeah. You thought you were ready for it, but you weren't. Yeah, but in a good way, in a good way. And that song itself is about uh, having a partner who's about to be released from prison. So even like what it's talking about is a little bit dark. I mean, you find some good topics on something like Sergeant Pepper, but. I'm not sure you go that deep. I feel like it's a darker level, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely a more a, a, a grown-up subject. Yeah, if definitely. You could say that. Um, I don't know what the rest of their material is like. Whether it's quite teen bopper friendly, mm. but uh, but no, this is quite. Yeah, it's quite different. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was the first single from the album. And the second single was Friend of Mine, which was a favourite of mine, but that was quite unsuccessful at the time. And so the band split up, and they split up before the album actually came out because these singles were released, and then then they were just done. It just wasn't worth uh, having out there. And then there was this one um, American DJ who would just play this one song uh, over and over again. So Time of the Season, which we'll talk about a little bit later, um, he would just play it all the time and suddenly it eventually grew and grew and it became a nationwide hit in the US uh, but that wasn't until 1969 and it was well after the band had, had split up and so now they have a bit of a cult well this album has a cult following a really good uh, following Adam, did you did you like this album? In all honesty, no <laughs> it, uh, it, didn't, it didn't do anything for me um, it, yeah, it was just a lot of the the problem I've got, I, I come from it with a being quite a large Beatles fan. I come from it with just a lot of bias towards, well, it's not the Beatles, um, right. and I don't like the Rolling Stones. But I could even go from, well, it's not the Rolling Stones, um, but, and and yeah, there were bits where I was like, well, this is just trying to be the Beatles. There was one, um, one track in particular. Um, I think it was track, where was it? Track three. So it was track three which is maybe after he's gone, mm-hmm. where the chorus just sounds like You Won't See Me, the, right. the Beatles songs, um, especially the kind of background, um, the background, background vocals. Um, so yeah, so in all honesty, no, I, I didn't like the album. Um, there were a few songs I really did like that were just kind of like, oh, this is really good. But as an album as a whole, it, it's not something you really that really What What no, were no. some of the other songs? You really liked uh, The Time for a Season, right? Is that... 
Uh, time for the season, yeah. yeah. Um, I, this one stood out to me because it seems like it's one of those songs that I have heard on a movie or heard on a on a TV show that's set in the 60s. Right. And I think if I was to make a film set in Hollywood in the 60s like Tarantino's just done, I would put this song on the soundtrack, 100%. It's that intro is very... You can put that intro over someone walking in slow-mo and it just works. Mm. Um, and it just... It's very Mamas and the Papas, which I think is what reminded me of of that Tarantino film, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, because they feature quite heavily on the, on the soundtrack. Yep. Um, so yeah, I, that one I did like, that one and um, This Will Be Our Year. That one was just a, an earworm that just really, really um, stuck with me. It seemed very simple, just seemed like a piano, bass and, and drums. Um, and the vocals on it were, were just killer. It was really, yeah, really good. One. Great. So you weren't a big fan of it, but there were individual songs on it that you were like, this is solid, yeah. this is solid. Yeah. So yeah. Some of the highlights for me, uh, Butcher's Tale. Well, mm. like, wow, that was unbelievable. Like, it's got this this big, strong, like, John Lennon-esque vocal. Like, it's, it's really, like, it's not really nasally, but you can tell, like, it's really pushed out there. Yeah. And it's just got this organ that follows it the whole way through. And I just thought, like, what a, what a topic... And what even like like the title is just amazing, mm. as well. So it, it's like Butcher's Tale, uh, Western Front, nineteen fourteen. I think is the the full title. And I just thought like, wow, this is this is a deep song, and this is a great great song. It's a heavy one, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. I think it's quite important as well for the time where even though it says Western Front, nineteen fourteen, people are still going to be thinking about their loved ones in in Vietnam. And people from Vietnam are going to be hearing that song, and there's bits where it talks about clearly the the person who is the subject of the song has PTSD because he's talking about his hands won't stop shaking and his, his legs won't stop shaking all that, um, and he's got this intense dislike of the preacher in the pulpit who gets to sleep at night when he doesn't, and I think wow. that would really resonate with a, a few people who are returning back from Vietnam, and then also older people who might have heard it because World War Two only finished about 25 years before mm-hmm. this album, yeah. So, so I think it would really hit with some people, and I, I think it would make a lot of people angry that that it would resonate with them so much. Mm. Um, that oh yeah, there are people who, who got away with not going. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, it's 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 heavy, heavy, heavy song for such a what you think would be a light psychedelic album. Yeah, I, I've just been reading. Uh, well, I'm st- still in the middle of it, but um, Bruce Springsteen's autobiography and he talks about how he was trying to get out of going to Vietnam um, and people would like well there was only a few ways that you could do it like and one of the ways is that you had to prove that you were mentally unstable and in some states it was really difficult and in some states it was it was easier and his state was it was easier to do than not but people used to sleep mm. in milk um, for three days at a time and they'd start smelling so bad uh, that they would like, they would just try and convince the officers <laughs> that they weren't fit to go. But it's quite a funny thing, isn't it? Like you're you're basically con- considered a coward for doing that, aren't you? And um, like you're not supporting your country. And this is a different topic altogether. Yeah. But I think hmm. you know to deal with some of the emotions yeah. and the like. <laughs> I don't know, it's just a, it's a deep, dark topic, isn't it? And I think it handles it really well. Um, and I wonder whether that made it, that the album wasn't a success straight away because mm-hmm. it wasn't yeah. like full of pop or it was dealing with uh, difficult topics. 
But I, I have to say, like, hats off to these guys for doing that because, I mean, they don't need my praise, but, uh, you know, but I just thought, like, wow, that that's amazing. I think it sounds great. Like, what song do you hear now that just is, like, organ heavy? It's just basically an organ, Mellotron, and um, the vocals. And I just think that's so cool. It, it's very much a... Like if if there was a type of genre, it's like funeral pop. Maybe we should make that genre. Um, it's just very yeah, funeral pop. I'm pretty sure there there is somewhere, but yeah, if there isn't, there's a market to be calling it there with funeral. Yeah, it's um, it's very different. It's not something I don't think even the closest thing, not to bring them up all the time. The closest thing the Beatles did would be Eleanor Rigby, which is something completely different and very minor and very strange. It is a it is a good song. Yeah, it is a good song. It is a good song. And the, the other one was uh with changes. Like I thought musically. I just loved this song, like the way it kind of uh flows in and out and it kind of builds up to this chorus and then it drops it and goes to this like pseudo Dr. Dre like keyboard sounds. Um and obviously like I don't know, maybe Dr. Dre and his guys heard this and I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. Um but you know, <laughs> I just thought, like, how cool is it that we're we're in a bit of a world at the moment where, you know, you you build and you build and you build and then you drop it and you go into like this trap uh, thing. Uh, and I thought like this was like an original version of that where, um, like it builds and builds and then drops just before the chorus. I thought it was really cool, man. Really good sounds on it. I really enjoyed it. I I think I enjoyed the album much more than you enjoyed it. You and did. and while we <laughs> while we've been talking about it, you know, you, you said before we started recording. Oh, I actually think that's pretty cool, and actually, like, I actually maybe need to give this bit more of a of a listen to. So maybe it'll it'll grow and it'll grow on you. But it could be a grower. It could be. But I mean, maybe not. Maybe not. But um. But yeah, and to put it in context, because I'm still just like fascinated by by the fact that this album didn't do very well at all. Um, mm. and it, it's only years after and so I, I went and had a look at the top five uh, from when this was released and the top five is John Wesley Harding uh, by Bob Dylan uh, the, f- the Four Tops Greatest Hits uh, The Supremes Greatest Hits History of Otis Redding which is basically a greatest hit as well and The Sound of Music soundtrack good one. Good one. I've got that on vinyl as well <laughs> do you actually? Uh, Sound of Music I do I do um, it was a charity shop buy and it wasn't one that I picked someone else got it um, and it's been stuck in my record box um, yeah Julie Andrews doesn't get a play on my turntable no much. I can imagine but, I can imagine but maybe she should well maybe, maybe if that should. album comes up in this top 100 we'll uh, spend spend a bit of time reviewing it <laughs> but maybe not but if if you look at that list, like it's quite a strong list, isn't it? So you got Bob oh, Dylan yeah. at at the top of his game, really. Four tops, mm. the Supremes, Otis Redding, like they're really strong, aren't they? And I wonder whether this. I mean, we're going to talk about some of these artists as we go through the list, but I wonder whether this album was, you know, if it came out at a different time, would have done much better. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's there's quite a lot of competition just for that year as well, not, not for, at the same time, but it, during this year, '68, the amount of albums that came out that were just heavy hitters. The White album came out, uh, Electric Ladyland came out, uh, Johnny Cash's album uh, recorded at Folsom Prison came out, uh, Aretha Franklin came out with Lady Soul. So there's just big, 
big album. Simon and Garfunkel came out with Bookends, which has that song, Mrs. Robinson. I think it was tied into the, the film The Graduate. It's just such big artists with defining albums. Yeah, definitely. And then in between that, there's this struggling bands releasing this this album that didn't do so well and they kind of consider themselves failure, but but obviously over time becomes a bit of a cult. Maybe if it came out in 67 or, or even 70, if they'd held off a couple of years, would it have been a much more successful hit? Yeah, yeah. Them, isn't it? You never know. I don't know. I don't know, but I... You know, I I really like it, and I I think you know, I'm glad that we're reviewing it and we're looking at it and listening to it, uh, even like 50 years on. You know what I mean? And the, the fact that it can even still be around 50 years later and still relevant enough to make it in this top 100 list, albeit at 100, it still clearly has something about it. Not for me personally, but it still clearly got something about it that makes people sit up and listen to it and and keep going back to it and and it's still something that is around to be discovered by new mm. people people of our generation so fair play to it it's clearly got some some playability to it some stickability as it were and, and that's kind of like stating the obvious isn't it and we're going to listen to a lot of right. i mean i'm not discounting what you said but well i think we're gonna <laughs> <laughs> i'm not just like saying you're just uh, but i think we're gonna end up listening to a lot of albums where we think you know this is this is a top tier album you know what i mean yeah, yeah um but yeah but i thought what would be good is to um is to put it up against some of the music that we have at the moment. And so I went and had a look at uh, what is the number one album at the time that we're recording now. And the number one album was Future Nostalgia by Dua Lipa. Um, Mm. And so I wondered, maybe we could play a little game and have a little conversation about uh, if you had to delete one of these albums from all existence. So you can either Mm. keep um, the Zombies album, Odyssey and Oracle, or you can keep Future Nostalgia by Dua Lipa. Which one are you keeping and which one are you getting rid of? Did you have a time, a chance to listen to the album, Adam? Listen to it, listen to it a couple of times. And uh, after listening to them, I'm keeping Dua Lipa. And, <laughs> Straight uh, the out of the bat. I can sign to, to, to the scrap heap. It is such a good album, Dua Lipa's album. Um, and I wasn't really a fan that much. Never really listened to too much apart from what you hear on the right. radio. But this album is is so good. How about yourself? This album is so good, isn't it? Like, yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of a lot of stuff that comes out in 2020. Um, so I didn't have many high hopes for this, and I knew that Julie Bird had had like a few big songs a couple of years ago, which I can't even remember the name of. That's how up to date <laughs> and current I am with it. Um, so I wasn't really expecting much, but as soon as Future Nostalgia, the title track hits, that's track one, as soon as it hit, I was like, wow, this is cool. This is so yeah. cool. It's like a mix of, it, I was trying to think of things that it sounded like, and I had like uh, Michael Jackson in there, like some of the bass lines, but they were like, they were like gnarlier than that. So yeah. they were like funky, but they were dirty at the same time. It very much reminded me of, of Uptown Funk, uh, that whole album by Mark Ronson. Um, and it, yeah, as you say, Off the Wall, Michael yeah. Jackson's album. It, it's got a lot of disco, R&B, funk kind of themes throughout the throughout the yeah. whole album, especially the earlier tracks in it. Um, yeah, it is, it's it's a good and one. And some of the new, I don't know if you've heard this, but the, the Weekend's new album, I can't remember what it's mm. called, but it sounded a little bit like that. And I thought, wow, like it was such 
a great sound, such a great sound. Mm. Um, yeah, and I, I totally dismissed it because it was coming out in 2020 and I probably shouldn't have because I thought it was a really strong, really strong album. I had a little little look into into the kind of the personnel on the album, the producers and, and some of the musicians on it. Um, and she apparently recorded up to 60 songs for the album um, with producers like Pharrell Williams and Mark Ronson and Niall Rogers. Uh, however, their songs didn't end up on the final album. Wow. Um, which is quite incredible. Uh, the bassist that she used um, has played on and produced for pretty much everyone you can think of um, in, in the modern era. Um, and also, Chad Smith from the Red Hot Chili Peppers played on the album, I think it was track nine, Break My Heart, that he played on. Um, I listened to it a bunch of times. I couldn't quite work out whether it was that one. But yeah, apparently Chad Smith laid down some some drum track for, for the album. So so it, it really is a... And you can hear the kind of Mark Ronson, Pharrell Williams, Nile Rodgers influence throughout the whole whole album. So it is quite incredible. Yeah, I thought this was a sick sounding album. I, I thought it sounded so great. Um in terms of which one I would keep, I think it's really difficult. I really didn't think it would be this difficult. And something we talked about uh, yesterday when we were recording was um, this kind of like philosophy of the impact that albums have and how every album that we look at in the greatest hits is obviously much older than the album that's just come out. Um, and how you decide which is going to have a more cult, like a bigger cultural impact or not and i am struggling to see future nostalgia having an impact in 50 years although i do think it's a great album but i feel like we're in a time where content is never sticking around that long but then i, I don't know because i'm not 50 years in the future but then does it make it better if it sticks around or not yeah, you know what I mean? Does that make it better? Yeah, I mean, if in 50 years' time we're still talking about, you know, Dua Lipa's album and if we're still talking about the films that came out, you know, th- these years, because if you look at some of the films and music that came out 50, 60 years ago, people still go on about it and, and are so fanatic about yeah. it, um, especially things like The Beatles and then, like, I don't know, some of the films that came out in the 60s, like Ben Hare and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, so people do, you know, rave on about it. So you do wonder. It'd be really interesting to see in fifty years' time, um, when we celebrate the fiftieth anniversary of this podcast. Um, you know, when Imagine. we look back on on this album, it'd be great to do a little throwback episode <laughs> and, and go back to it and and see whether whether this album holds up. Um, but who knows? It's one of those that time will tell whether it's uh, whether it's worth preserving. Um, it'd be interesting if it is. Yeah, it will be interesting. And so for all those uh, Dua Lipa fans out there, we're, we're not slating this album at all and we think it's great and hopefully, you know, it does stick around. I think out of all the albums that are out at the moment, this one uh, should stick around for another 50 years. But um, but maybe I'm going to pick the Zombies album. I just love some of those sounds and I kind of feel like, you know, would we have had such a psychedelic impact if this album hadn't come out? And I, I don't know, I've got no idea, but I, I think it's a really strong sounding album and the way that it, it joins like the pop and the psychedelic movement together, the way that it like dis, like uh, explores those difficult topics, uh, the way that it, um, uh, yeah, just the way that it sounds, I think is just really cool and really great. Uh, and even though it was passed over then, like I, I would, 
I would pass this on to anyone to have a listen to. I, I think it sounds... I, I think I liked it much more than you liked it, but uh, I think I'm going to keep the um, the Zombies album, I think. There you go. So, someone's got to. I mean. <laughs> really not a fan <laughs> of this. I just, yeah, it just didn't... I'm not sure whether it would make my top 100. I'd have to see what was 101 um, to see what it what it beat out. Um, but yeah, it, is it worthy of being in the top 100? Uh, again, you'd have to look at what, what it beats out. Well, it's important to say that like we're not like music experts. Like We're musicians and we love music, but we just have an opinion. And if you don't have that opinion, that's totally okay. It's, it's okay to <laughs> not have the same opinion as us, isn't it? So before all the zombies fans like come like, all three of them before all three <laughs> of them come don't, down don't, be rude. don't be rude don't be rude start oh, maybe they can come after you maybe they can um but just leave me alone because i quite liked the album that's what that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying really and so uh, what i thought would be great as well is to do a bit of a hall of fame we have a hundred albums that we're gonna listen to and i thought it'd be great to have like our own hall of fame type of thing where we pick 10 albums uh, in this list uh, and they become our like top tier albums and so uh, no swapsies you're not allowed to uh, add anything later on so if you decide that you're picking an album it has to stay in until we've done all 100 and then at the end of it we'll review our uh, hall of fame we'll see whose is better uh, but i wonder adam I, i'm not sure why i'm asking this because i kind of know the answer but is um, is obvious. this the zombies uh album odyssey and oracle is is it gonna make it to your um to your hall of fame list it, it doesn't even come close doesn't even get to the front door um now it's not especially not to be a spoiler alert but looking at the albums that are to come I mean, I think it's possibly cursed by its position because it's unfortunately got, the, you know, it's the first one and it's going to suffer for that um, because there are better albums, in my opinion, coming up. And I think also the first few albums are going to suffer in this because unless they're really, really, really good, they're not going to get in the top 10 um, for, for me. But, you know, that could change. But no, this one, it doesn't it doesn't reach my top 10. No. A, a little no. teaser, we do have some really strong albums coming up that I'm, I'm really excited. Even in, like, from 90 to 100, that I'm really excited to listen to again and to review. Uh, but I, I understand what you're you're saying. And actually, this this was a... Um, this Rolling Stones list was actually a top 500. And, like, we cut it down to the top 100 because I didn't want to be here 500 episodes later just getting to number one. I thought, if we make 100, that would be a miracle. You know, like, we'd have done a good job. If we got to 500, I mean, I can't even imagine. So so there was a 101 and there was a... There were, like, 400 albums that got... That were past... Um, well, that this, this album beat. Hmm. True. But does it go in your top ten? That's that's the main question. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I, you know what? I'm looking ahead a little bit, and you know, this isn't a prophecy. You know, this isn't. But like, <laughs> I might consider it for top twenty. Um, I know we're okay. not doing a top twenty list of what, but I feel like it. I really did enjoy it, and I can, you know, so I will definitely be listening to to it again and some of these songs and. Uh, yeah, but may- maybe, yeah, it's not going in my 
my top 10, unfortunately. We've got a lot of albums to come, and I'm excited for them, really. So, talking about the albums that we are going to be looking at next uh, episode's album is There's a Riot Going On by Sly and the Family Stone. Adam, have you heard this album before? I've not. I've not, and I'm just looking at it now. I'm looking at the um, at the track list, and there's not one that, that stands out to me, unless it'll be one of the a case of... Uh, it's one I've heard in the background yeah. or heard at a wedding or something. I think Family yeah, Affair might yeah, be one definitely. that I've heard. Let's, let's not spoil um, it too much, but because that might be a highlight. <laughs> it might be. Uh, but yeah, there's. I'm not sure there's going to be much on it that you know, but this album is from 1971. Uh, it's an R&B and soul album. So it's a it's good vibe, man. It's going to be good vibes next episodes. Uh, so we would love it if... You know, this wasn't just me and Adam listening, but this was more like a listening club, like we said at the top of the show. And so we'd love to listen along. We're going to be posting on Instagram uh, what the next album is that we're going to be listening to. And you can follow us at, at LVNILO. So that's E-L-V-I-N-I-L-O, which I am going to stumble upon so many times. Uh, but you can follow <laughs> us at, at LVNILO. Uh, my actual uh, Instagram handle is at Matt Courtney Music, and it would be great to hook up. It'd be great to, uh, um, yeah, chat to some of you guys who just love music and love talking about music. Adam, what is your uh, Instagram handle? Yeah, so it's uh, Adam Courtney nine five. Adam Courtney ninety five. Brilliant, brilliant. And so uh, we would love this to be a bit of a a listening listen along listeners club uh we would love to do that and so uh that's next episode's uh, album which i'm really excited about and so we're going to check it out we're going to see what the history is around it what the context is and i'm really excited about it so why don't you subscribe to the to the podcast if you've made it this far you know well done great job done <laughs> uh, and if you're still here you must still like it so we would love it if you uh would consider uh, making this part of your your listening uh, from now on and subscribing and we would love it if you could give us a positive review on iTunes and so that makes a big difference really and it, it makes a, diff- a big difference to um, to yeah just, just sharing it and and we uh, we just really appreciate that you've listened this far so mm. thank you so much uh, so yeah so we're gonna go but uh, it's it's been a good it's been a good run it's been a good run good fair start maybe we'll wait and find out won't we we'll wait and find out more more to come it's almost like the best is yet to come some would say that i've heard that yeah some would say it but yeah adam it's been a pleasure i'll uh, speak to you soon i look forward to the to the next episode yep see you then see you then